0: There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Well, hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and things we can all do to live a better life if times get tougher, even if they don't. Today is Monday, August the 30th, 2021. This is episode 2946 of the Survival Podcast. And I'm calling today's show The Continuing COVID Craziness. And I want to propose some potential solutions. I also want to take a hard look at reality. I think there is a point where you have to accept that some of the things that are happening are not going to stop happening. I, I have almost no concerns about the virus itself, it's the reaction to it. I've taught for years that the reaction is always the bigger part of the disaster. But the, the level of insanity going on right now is, it's beyond pale. Um, we're going to talk a lot about insanity today. And what we have is collective mass insanity. People who are not insane choosing to behave as though that they are, making no sense. In fact, the, uh, the graphic for today's episode is a quote by Edgar Allan Poe. I became insane with long intervals of horrible sanity. I think that the world is divided into two groups of people right now. People who are being insane, who are horrified with fear of a virus with a 99.7 or higher, depending on what statistics you look at, survival rate. And then people who are horrified by the insanity of those people living in fear that they're witnessing. The same people are the ones with horrible sanity in the middle of all this watching this happen. It's it's frightening. We have collective mass hysteria going on and the force of government being used along with it and to 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 to, to, to rev it up. Guys, there are tanks rolling in streets in cities of Australia. I, when I say that, I, you know, long, long, long time ago, I did a, an episode that was like a, a fun episode. We had all kinds of people sending clips and stuff, and it was a Halloween episode, and it was like a zombie apocalypse. And I said certain things were happening, and then, of course, we gave a disclaimer at the beginning: this is all a joke, and this is not real. At least anybody use it against me, you know. And when I say something like. There are tanks rolling in the streets of Australian cities to enforce martial law to make people stay home over a bad cold. I feel like I'm, I'm doing that episode, but I'm not. But the real problem, the real problem isn't that this stuff's happening. It's that how many people are okay with it happening? We're going to talk about all of that a lot more. Again, some things we can do about it, but I think some we have to have some honest discussion about some of the decisions that we're going to have to make going forward. And some of the realities that certain things may happen that we can't stop. This is this is in my opinion and it's I'm looking beyond just COVID, the entirety of the way the United States is behaving right now. I can't come to another conclusion But our country is globally, is the leader in the world, intentionally committing suicide. Not suicide where there will not be a United States. Suicide where the United States is no longer strong enough to be the leading country in the world. And you know what? I've never wanted to be. The strongest, mightiest country in the world. I, 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 that's never been my goal in life. I'd like to leave other people alone and, and have them leave us alone and have enough strength that if they bother us, we can fumble. Right? But I also didn't want to get there through suicide. I wanted to get there through restraint. In other words, just stop bothering everybody. It doesn't matter if you're the strongest in the world if you're not using your authority and force on others. You can be incredibly strong and leave people alone at the same time. Most really strong people are the last ones to get in a fight. They don't need to prove anything. This is not that. This is not about leaving other people alone. This is about collectivism at a global level and an understanding that if you're going to have true globalism, the United States must be brought to heel. And so our leaders are literally bringing us to heel by weakening us. I know that sounds crazy, but all of this... Sounds crazy. We'll talk about it more in just a minute. Before that, let's go ahead and take care of our two sponsors today. Sponsor day number one today is J.M. Bullion. Boy, I'll tell you what, there's never been a time in history where you need to protect and preserve your wealth more than right now. Because this insanity, this suicide, is destroying the wealth of the wealthiest people that have ever lived on the planet through devaluing their money. I'm a big fan of cryptocurrency. I'm also a big fan of precious metals. I'm not one of these guys like, well, I think you should do this, right? I think you should do it all. That's true diversity. 5 to 10% of your net wealth should go in silver and or gold. And guess where you should get it? You should get it at JM Bullion. And I'm going to tell you why. Well, they sponsor the show you listen to, so that's good. Um, They have better pricing than most of the other uh, services. Either that or it's about the same or a little bit less, Rate about the same. They also give a discount to MSB members. All the orders ship free. And if anything ever does go wrong, I can contact the president of the company in about 10 seconds by email, and he'll actually answer my emails. Now, that's not true of you know Lear Capital or Monix or Atmex or any of these other clowns. right? Ad Lear actually reached out and asked to, to sponsor the show. And they, they, were, they were trying to impress me with the fact that they advertise on Fox News. And I said, can I have the email of your CEO or your president? And they said, no. I said, then you can't sponsor the show. That's a true story. You should be dealing with Bullion when it comes to buying silver and gold. They're the company you can trust because they trust me enough to put me in touch with the guy that runs the show there, Jambullion.com. Next up today, the other precious metal, copper jacketed lead. You can find that at, you know where, BulkAmmo.com, the website where you can order ammo and have it delivered so quick to your door. It's probably quicker than saying, you know, next week or the weekend or whatever, I'm going to go down to the store and buy some ammo. You might get down there and find out they don't even have it. You order it on bulk ammo. It ends up at your house so fast. You're like, what is it doing here? Right? Like, how did it get here this quickly? Like, it just doesn't seem to make sense. They're just that good. Check them out today, bulkammo.com. All right, let's let's dig some more into this. I want to talk about what made me do this today. One is a litany of questions. What do we do about? And I'm going to go through a bunch of those today. I've been reached out to by officers in the military. I've been reached out to by doctors and nurses. I've been reached out to just the average person that's freaked out about the way this is all being handled. At the same time, something has come to pass that I didn't talk about on the air a lot. If you follow me on social media, you saw this play out. On the 3rd of August, which is what, 27 days ago? I made a post. I made a post on multiple platforms. I have a screenshot of one of them because it has the date on it, and I thought that makes it authentic in, in, the, uh, in the notes today for the episode. You can go look at it if you want to. I'm telling you the truth. I said, watch me do a magic trick. Texas will hit its peak of the third wave between 815 on the inside to 825 on the outside. We will then go into a decline as rapid as the rise. When it happens, ask why anyone should even worry about this and why I can tell you this, but the experts can't. Now, if you go to the official state of Texas website where they track the numbers, this is the state's numbers, you will see that we hit our peak on 8 2021 One day earlier than I said it would happen, and we have begun a decline. And right now, we have begun to see a decline in hospitalizations. We'll talk about, wait, some of these numbers are cooked, yes, but the, the, the data played out precisely as a redneck hippie duck farming podcaster said it would. What is the problem with that? The problem with that is I am a smart guy, but I'm not that smart, that's the problem. The problem is that I was able to even do that and do so with dramatically accurate results. So accurate that people are like, when I posted about it this weekend, people are like, Spiricodamas again. It's not Spiricodamas, guys. I counted. that. The skills I needed to do this, I learned when I was a little bitty kid, running around just barely old enough that I stopped crapping in my pants, watching Sesame Street. And the count of one, two, three, wah-ha-ha-ha. All I did was look at other countries where the Delta variant had showed up, that were similar in profile to the United States, and realize there's a regionality within the United States. Texas is going to have its cycle at a different time than Pennsylvania. And look at Texas like a nation. Look at Florida like a nation. Look at the southeastern United States like a nation instead of a place that's as big and diverse as we are with 330 million people and comparing it to a little country like Israel or the U.K. So I looked at Texas as though it were a nation, and I looked at where we were in the cycle when the cases started to pick up. I looked at the United Kingdom, I looked at Israel, et cetera, and I counted. And I said, it's going to be this many days with about a 14-day variable in between them, or a 10-day variable in between them, somewhere between the 15th and the 25th. And it was, because it wasn't hard. You don't need a Ph.D., you don't need a Harvard MBA. You don't need to be a good data analyst, which I am. You don't need to be that. All you need to be able to do is count, like, into the 30s or 40s to figure this out. And this is my problem. They're a single person with an IQ over 100 that couldn't have done that and figured it out, including all these really smart people who are supposed to be experts advising us on what to do. We knew this would be the result, and if we'd gotten more granular into the data, we probably could have even predicted what the top of it was. We also know that these are some other things that are going on. The number of people in the hospital with COVID in Texas in that number is not an accurate reflection of the number of people in the hospital because of COVID. Every single person that goes to the hospital now and gets admitted for any reason gets a COVID test. Okay? Period. When you have something like the Delta variant, which was very contagious, going through a society, and you have something like one in 10 people randomly off the street are probably going to test positive, and somebody goes in for a broken leg or a routine surgery or whatever, all of a sudden they're admitted and they have a case of COVID. Now they are a COVID patient in a Texas COVID-positive patient in a Texas hospital. Somebody that's, that's in, 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 in you know old folks care goes into the hospital because they're having cardiac arrest and they have COVID. They're not in the hospital because they have COVID. We have the latest data that came out today showing that you're in still the very high 90s if you're over 70, but you're not institutionalized. We had very new... Come from Stanford. Most people have a higher... Most demographics up into the 60s have a higher than 99% chance of surviving if they get COVID. We have a situation where most likely it's somewhere around half the people in the country or more are now equipped with long-lasting, durable, natural immunity because they've had COVID. They either had it and they were symptomatic or they had it and they were not symptomatic because their immune system was so able to crush it that all they did was just knock it down, but they still now have built up these antibodies. And not just the antibodies. The the TV's talking to you about how long antibodies last and ignoring multiple other parts of the human immune system. And maybe the talking head that had her hair all blown out right before she got on there and pretended to be serious and read a teleprompter, maybe she doesn't know this, but the, the doctors that are putting this data together, these people putting this information together, these government employees, they know all this to be true. And yet it works. We have two medications that absolutely have plenty of data that show that they are effective in the treatment and prevention of COVID-19. Now, just like the vac- no vaccine's perfect, no medication will work for everyone. But they have dramatically improved outcomes wherever they've been used properly. And one I told you about... We were, what, 35, 40 days into this when I told you guys about hydroxychloroquine. I told you guys about hydroxychloroquine and said that it needed to be done with zinc before anybody said it on a television set. I confirmed that it was being produced in massive amounts with an insider, and I got multiple sources to confirm the production levels before anybody heard about it publicly. I was talking about it. I'm just a podcaster. If I can do that job, So could the media if they wanted to. It turns out, as good as HCQ is with zinc, ivermectin apparently is better. Japan has just not only said it's okay for doctors to use ivermectin to prevent and to treat COVID, they are now recommending it as a standard of care. There is crickets in our media except for a whole new group of articles that are all basically regurgitated Associated Press crap and Reuters crap vilifying it and shitting all over it when, you know, Japan's not exactly a backwater when it comes to modern medicine now, are they? You know, if you gave me a list, like I had to have a serious surgery to save my life, and you gave me a list of countries, and you said you can pick five of them and you'll get one of those five, I'm not going to pick Rwanda or Nigeria. But I'm probably going to put Japan on that list. United States, Japan, I don't know, Sweden? i got to start really thinking here once I get past those. But I'd much rather be in a Japanese hospital for a major surgery than in the U.K. or Canada. Probably die waiting to get in the damn hospital in those two places. So when we talk about Japan saying this, we're talking about a society that's very data-driven with extreme modern medicine and a lot more history of dealing with these types of viruses than we have up until now anyway. And for that nation, for their equivalent to our American Medical Association to say, this works, this should be ever, but you don't hear it. Now I know this, and if you didn't, you do now. Again, a person I am not a typical journalist. I'm a podcaster, and I, I'm more a teacher than a journalist. You know, I did a, a, a video today about uh, hydroponics. I did a podcast last week about all the different types of fermentation you can do. Like, researching the media and the news is something I do part-time. If you're a reporter or a real journalist, like, this is your job. They can't find this stuff? Of course they can. not And so we are now in a place where this insanity is being seen as being rational and logical and, quote-unquote, following the science, Right? Follow the silence. Listen to the science. Science says. There's no science that supports any of this. There's no. I'm going to say this clearly as I can. If somebody turns you on to this show and you're listening to it today. There is literally no science. None. Actual, real, credible science. No research at all that supports the idea that putting masks on people on a mass scale prevents the spread of any viral disease, let alone COVID. There's none. There's There's actually an incredible body of evidence that it doesn't work. And not some guy wrote an article on Medium or something, or Substack, right? What we're talking about are RCTs, randomized control trials. There were 12 of them done. This is a podcaster that raises ducks for a living, guys, telling you this. There were 12 RCTs. This is the gold standard for a study like this done for the first one was done in 1947 the last one was done in 2019 all of them said equivocally it doesn't work to prevent the spread of viruses and it does cause other problems and the the risks outweigh the rewards in the middle of last year the cdc released a study they came out and they ran their mouths about it on and on and on they put it out all the media it was only out for a day or two because when somebody actually looked at it you realized how stupid it was and it said that this new study absolutely equivocally pulled that l- proved that lockdowns and masking worked. And the difference between a place where they did masking and a place where they didn't do masking, when they raked all the data, was 0.7%. No doctor would prescribe any medication that had any risk at all to his patient if he was doing his job if that medication only improved outcomes in a study like that by 0.7%. They would be within the margin of error. But they ran with it, and they told people this, and people believed it, and people cited the study without reading, not only not reading the whole study, just all you had to do was read the synopsis, and it told you the truth. But people believed it. And this is what I'm most concerned with, people believing this. This is mysticism. The the vaccine, which isn't a vaccine, how about that? The the vaccine and when i say the vaccine i'm talking about johnson and not johnson and johnson i'm talking about moderna and pfizer is not a vaccine i listen to people say well, i believe vaccines work guess what so do i wouldn't it be great if they were injecting people with an actual vaccine they're not they're using an experimental genetic therapy now again i'm a podcasting redneck but i'm smart enough to download the pdf when moderna filed for their 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 initial public offering, their IPO, with the SEC and read on page 19 of that document where they're they're swearing statements to be truthful to the Security and Exchange Commission, which if you lie to them in a file like that, will put somebody in Club Fed, define the method by which they're doing this as an experimental genetic therapy. They said it doesn't permanently alter genetics, but it's it's a gene therapy. But by calling it a vaccine, they have cloaked it with the belief of vaccine. We now have... Some of the highest vaccinated countries in the world—people, countries where they have vaccination rates 60, 70 percent—and they're having the same kind of third wave effect with the Delta variant as countries where they have 40 percent or almost no vaccination. It's all the same. Now, I'm not going to say those 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 genetic therapies don't mitigate symptoms. Some, I think they do, but there's a there's a there's a risk in return for that. There's a risk in return for that. Your overall reduction of risk is less than 1%. Again, when you do the numbers, by absolute versus relative risk. Again, podcasting redneck kippy duck farmer can give you this information. I'm not getting my information from the people they call the disinformation dozen, the people that believe that magnets, people are turning into magnets after their vaccine, and they show a video of a girl sticking a penny to her, and you say, hey, dummy, Have you ever figured out if a penny sticks to a magnet? Because go try it. It doesn't work. Check that shit out. right? So I think that disinformation dungeon largely is made up of controlled opposition designed to make opposition to this look stupid. That's not where I get my information. The place I get most, like 95% of my information, is from the people that claim this is a problem. From the people that claim that we need to shut down society for it. From people that claim that we need vaccine uh, mandates. From people that claim that we need vaccine passports. From the same people that make these claims. I'm using their information. I'm getting official government information. Who else am I getting information from? One of the sources of my information is the man who invented the mRNA technology used to make the vaccine who got it when it came out, and said now he wouldn't get it, and that the spike proteins in it are dangerous. The man that invented it says it's dangerous. Why am I telling you this? Why hasn't the man that invented the technology being used to make this shit, who comes out flatly and says this is dangerous, if if journalists were doing their job, why isn't he on every major news network on the planet as, as a whistleblower? Why is he silenced? Why is the man who invented it shut down his dangerous misinformation by social media and and the the, uh, mainstream media? Why? Isn't that person probably the most informed person? Wouldn't you say, like, if you you wanted to know how something worked, the person that invented it would be the, the supreme authority on it, right? There might be some people that know a lot about it, but if this guy says that's not how it works, he probably knows he made it. And this is a technology. This isn't a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We'd have a lot of different opinions on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and the right way to make them. But the guy that actually developed it, the pat- developed the patented process by which this is done, says it is dangerous. He's not even saying, it's a, he's not saying my technology is evil. He's saying the way this is being used, this is dangerous. It's never meant to be done this way. Maybe there's another, he, this is a man that said, and I notified the FDA about this. And I notified the CDC about this. This is a guy that's on panels to advise the FDA and the CDC, and they're ignoring him. And, and, and he's painted as being crazy or alert. How do you do that? And how do people then buy this? Look, this is mass hysteria. And it has to be resisted. But before I start talking about ways to resist it, I want to be honest. We could end up in a place Where by resisting, you end up completely isolated. I don't think we're going to, but I think we have to start accepting the fact that we can. And I think depending on what country you live in, the more likely that is than not. Australia, if you guys do not rise up right now and physically rebel against this, if not, I mean, seriously, every single person in Australia that realizes how crazy it's going, if you have friends or family in the military and police, you need to be contacting them and saying, hey, we need you guys to have our back in this because this shit is getting out of hand. Only the ones you know and trust. But you got a pulse for this. You can't have... A modern nation, very similar in the way it it, it looks when you're living there, to the United States rolling tanks and armored vehicles because somebody might get a bad cold. We can't have this. And I I think maybe Australia and New Zealand, you guys might be too far gone. I listened to one of the the, the mind-numbing idiots that's making decisions in New Zealand tell people, "Do not." I heard this last week, do not go outside and talk to your neighbors. Stay in your bubble. Literally, that's a direct quote. Stay in your bubble. The fact that some people will is insane. I got my hair cut finally, for you guys that watch my videos. Finally got it done on Friday. Wonderful young woman cut my hair. Probably 22 years old, I'm going to guess. And she's wearing a mask. I noticed the other people in the the place are not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. I don't have to here. I'm not going to do it. And so I figure... This poor young woman's probably a victim. She probably refused to take the vaccine, and therefore the company that runs the haircut place is making her wear the mask. Because I've seen this happen. I've been in restaurants where I've asked somebody who's wearing a mask, why are you wearing a mask and other people aren't? Since I won't get the vaccine, they make me. Okay, I understand you have to keep your job. I get it. Well, during the haircut, as like haircut people do, she's talking to me. And she says, when I got my second vaccine, I said, wait a minute. So you're vaccinated and you're wearing a mask? And what it turned out through more discussion was she was afraid that she could get COVID even though she had the vaccine and that it would kill her. She's 22 years old. this girl looks in excellent health. This is the person who should be the least afraid being the most afraid. And the older lady didn't get involved in the conversation, was cutting the lady's hair next to me, just rolled her eyes. And you could tell she's like, man, these kids are afraid. But that kid's been abused by the system. That kid has been taken to this level of fear. And you have to understand how many people there are like that now. There are people that literally refuse to look at a valid treatment. They won't even consider it because Donald Trump said the word. We have about half the country right now that have no problem with how inept and incompetent the Biden administration is. And you guys know I don't play politics, but you want to talk about incompetent and inept. But at least he's not Trump, and that's why. Literally, the, the political policy of the Biden administration is the political policy of a new girlfriend who wants everything the old girlfriend touched in the new boyfriend's apartment thrown away and replaced, if, if if the old girlfriend had anything to do with it, if she picked it out, if she liked it, it has to go, because it's tainted with the scent of the old girlfriend. That's, that, is, that is the best way I can define the political policy of the Biden administration, where there's plenty of things I, I thought Trump did that made sense, and plenty of things I thought that were insane. But you don't get rid of the stuff that's working unless you want to destroy the country. I think that's what's going on here. I think it's bigger than COVID. If you look at Afghanistan, it couldn't have been done worse. It couldn't have been done worse. You know what came out today? The Taliban had offered the United States the ability to maintain control of the entire city of Kabul until we were gone and we said no. Why would you do that? I'm telling you, if I had taken over, I would have gotten us out of there even quicker, if at all possible. I never wanted us there in the first place. This doesn't make any sense. But until we got out of there, there would have been a no-go zone for Taliban. And if they entered that no-go zone, the last sound they would have heard was blurt. And I wouldn't have apologized for it. I'd have just said, here's a circle. Stay the hell out. It's all years in a month. Come inside that circle, you die and there would have been a constant sound of A-10s and predator drones and F-35s and everything else I could think of up there C-130 Herc, all of it <gasps> just so you know we're serious first people out US civilians I don't want to leave you're leaving anyway we're going to we're going to send you someplace and if you want to come back you're on your own we are not going to be we're not going to play this game you're getting the hell out because this whole place is about to be under control of people who will kill you so you're leaving. You decide to come back, you're on your own. We're gonna do our job and get you out. Next, everybody that we vetted that helped us out that was put at risk because of our stupidity for the last twenty years, Afghan civilians, out, last people to leave are the military, and on the way out the door, everything that we can't take with us, you blow the shit out of it. That's how you that's how you always execute this. This is textbook. Anybody would know to do this. But we did exactly the we did everything backwards. We gave up an advanced airbase. I mean, Bagram Airbase was one of the most advanced airbases there was. We should have executed our withdrawal from there. We gave it up. We gave up control of Kabul. We had these Taliban guys rolling down the road in long convoys that could have been taken out in a highway of death-like attack if you wanted to. I'm not saying we should have done it, but I'm saying you could have, and you let this happen? All of it together tells me we are destroying our country intentionally when I say we, I mean the people in power. I mean the people pulling the strings that run the Biden puppet show. They want this nation destroyed. And there's a whole shitload of young people who think that we deserve to have it happen to us. Why do you think they're making us hate ourselves? Why do you think that they're teaching our children that America's a racist nation? So that you'll believe you deserve punishment. So you'll let this type of thing happen. I know this sounds conspiratorial. somebody like, spiritual just turned into Alex Jones. No, I don't have another explanation, guys. So what do I think we do? I think, well, first of all, if you're in the military and you decide you're not getting the injection, you do not resign, you say, put me out of the military. I'm not doing it. If you are a doctor or a nurse and you work for a hospital and they say, well, if you don't do it, you have to resign. I'm not resigning. You fire me. And then you need to go find the most money-grubbing lawyers you can get your hands on. Okay? Everybody who gets displaced and and, and put out of work because they refuse the vaccine needs to band together and look for people who want... I mean, I was actually trying to put together a job board specifically for jobs that didn't require a vaccine. And I got derailed because I have another project going on right now. Don't wait on me. Do it. Do it. Um, If we have 30% of the population across all broad skill sets that say no to this, the country doesn't run without us. I had another idea, and I see people kind of doing something similar now. I feel that anybody who's opposed to vaccine mandates, mass mandates, vaccine passports, everything, we should all band together and we should do a general strike for three days, five days, a week, I don't know, some period of time. And it works like this. You get all the shit that you need to last that long, good prepper exercise anyway, and you go home. And other than the fact that you're using electricity, you don't spend any money, and you don't go anywhere, and you don't do anything. You don't go to work. You don't go eat a burrito at the burrito place. You don't put a dime's worth of gas in your car. You just stay. You don't go to the restaurant. You don't go anywhere. And people, when I brought this up, said, well, it'll never work because people will just spend their money before and spend their money after, and it all works out. That's not the point, guys. No, the point is for restaurant owners to look at their damn near empty restaurants again after being through this shit for, you know, four days, five days, whatever it is, across a weekend, have to send people home because you don't have anybody showing up because just the people that will never comply stayed home. It's not to hurt them or punish them. In fact, I think that, like, what you should do is you should then go, assuming you don't have vaccine, man, you're not New York City or L.A. or whatever, as soon as it's over, you should go out to, like, your two or three famous favorite restaurants, like, each day in a row and say, hey, we're back. Just want you to know what it looks like if this shit gets enforced. So that the business owner starts saying, we can't afford this. You can't run a business in this country and exclude 30 to 40% of the population and not have it hurt really, really bad. I'm just saying we need to make them aware of it. I don't think anybody should resign. I think, And I think anybody who has resigned, you, I'm sorry, you messed up. There is no reason for anybody to resign a position because they're threatened with a vaccine mandate. Now, the military, I don't know. I don't know because I'm hearing that people are being threatened like with court-martial for refusing an order. I I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I had someone reach out to me who's an officer in the reserves and wanted to know what I could do to help them. I'm like, you know, if you're in the military, you know the concept of above my pay grade? Even with my big audience, I can't move that juggernaut. But I think you guys in the military, you guys need to to figure this out for yourselves. You've got to figure out how to resist this, and I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't have an answer for you. You know, I don't think JAG's going to be any help or anything. Like, they're just going to tell you you have to do it. Some lawyers need to man up and start representing people here. But here's another thing. Like, I think they're doing this to weaken the United States military. First of all, they already went and spent the last year calling those senior leaders that aren't ass-kissing top brass, your majors, your light colonels, your colonels out of the officer corps, your... um Staff sergeants and, and sergeant first classes and master sergeants out of the enlisted side. Threatening them. We're going to go through your Facebook posts, and if you're too pro-Trump, maybe we'll throw you out for being an extremist. Shit like that. If you have some like really heavy pro-Second Amendment posts, you know, and I had so many of these men say, they're going to throw me out. None of them got thrown out. A couple of them did quit. So they did that first. Think about what happens when they realize maybe a third of our soldiers, you know, airmen, Marines, et cetera. Just say, I'm not doing it. Do whatever you want. I'm not doing it. They, you're calling their bluff at that point. They either can dismiss you all. They sure as hell can't send everybody to military jail for it. right? They can either dismiss everybody and have a 30 to 40% drawdown of the forces. And then you can't fly the plane because there's no one there to do it. There's no one to put gas in it. There's no one there to do the maintenance on it, even if you have the pilot. You see the problem? Or they have to blink in the bluff and come up with some way around it. Those are your two choices. That's it. And you know what that applies to? And it's, easy, it's so much easier for everybody else. It applies to every industry everywhere. How the hell is Delta or United or American Airlines going to survive if 30% of their people, they have to fire because they, they refuse? If they start requiring vaccine passports on domestic internal flights, how are you going to survive when 30 to 40% of the people that used to fly won't fly anymore? I mean, you're already hurting from this. People are already pissed that you're making them wear a mask in a, in a tube for six, eight hours, right? So you're already hurting. What happens when you have a full third of the population or more, and it's probably around 38 to 42% that will never, under any circumstances, do this? What happens to every industry if you start mandating it by employment and people just say no? If you have a company and they say, you know, we have 10,000 employees and if if you guys don't get vaccinated, you're going to get fired. They don't say that, do they? They say you'll have to resign and they're hoping that, that you won't call their bluff. What happens when a company has 10,000 employees, probably needs most of them, not all of them, but needs most of them, realizes if we go through with this, we're going to lose 4,000 people. And by the way, most of the people that don't have a job that we would hire also refuse to get vaccinated. What happens? You can't run your company. This is the real place. This is where our, this is the only place we have strength is drawing a line, holding the line and, and not blinking. Will you have to resign? No, I'm not resigning. Will you have to get a vaccine? No, I won't be doing that either. Then we'll fire you. Go ahead and make sure when you give me written notice of my termination, you explain why. I want you to make sure that you explain that I'm a good employee with a good track record. The only reason you're doing this is because I didn't want to get a vaccine. Go ahead, do it. Go ahead. In fact, I wrote it up for you here. Just sign it and and then I'm fired. Go ahead. And you need to talk to every single person you work with that feels the way that you do, and you need to stand together. And I'm not saying it won't hurt. I'm not saying you won't lose. I am saying if you're not going to do it anyway, don't resign. Don't resign. Why would you? Why would you have them... Let me tell you something. It does not benefit you, especially in this type of scenario, but in most situations, it does not benefit you to be allowed to resign. It sounds better but it doesn't really benefit you. Benefits them, you resigned. You don't get unemployment. Will you get unemployment if they fire you for this? I don't know, but certainly you have a better case than you resigned. You, I mean, I used to run companies. You love when employees resign because they don't end up on unemployment and your cost of unemployment benefits doesn't go up. It's always in my benefit if I'm employing you that you resign versus I terminate you. If there's any discrepancy about what really happened, and you want to sue me, he resigned. He could have stayed and worked through the process. When he chose to resign, the process ended because he resigned. I'm in a much better off position, even if I'm an evil prick. Even if I kind of strong arms you into it, you still did it. Any lawyer would advise me to do that. That it would be preferable that employees that need to be terminated, especially over a hot-button issue, would resign. Don't do it. Don't do it. If a restaurant starts requiring you to prove that you are vaccinated to go eat there, don't go eat there. And tell everybody you know, look, even if you got a vaccine, if you think it's wrong to do this, don't go there. Put them out of business. And I'm usually anti-boycott. Not here, because it's the only play you've left us we could end up in a position actually very soon before the end of the year i think we could end up in a position where you won't be able to fly even domestically without a vaccine or if they do anything they'll say vaccine or tested within the last 48 hours before you can get on a plane none of this does any good none of this does, they're they're guys on the vaccine the whole thing the, the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated they're cooking the books on that number They're basing that on numbers from January through June when almost nobody was fully vaccinated. You have to have both injections and have enough time pass after the second injection. I think it's like four weeks or six weeks before you're considered fully immune. And then you immediately have the immunity begin to wane. But again, right now we have countries that have vaccination rates as high as 68% hospitals full of people with Delta variant COVID. Most of them vaccinated. We have an artificial shortage in hospitals due to personnel who don't want to get vaccinated. We have nurses and doctors who are saying, you know what, I'm not doing this. I understand the risk-rewards. I'm young and healthy. I'm not likely to end up dying if I get this thing anyway. And many are saying, and I already had it. I have natural innate immunity that is more robust than any vaccine will ever give me. There's no reason for me to take a risk from this vaccine, and they're being fired. And let me explain to you how ICUs work. That's an intensive care unit. An intensive care unit is not really limited so much so by the number of beds in a space in a building. It's limited by the qualified personnel who can work at the ICU level. You don't take a garden variety medical assistant or LVN and say you are now an ER or you now are a, an ICU nurse. You wor- you have to be at a certain level to work in an ICU. The limitation is people, not space. At this point. They have fired these people or more likely controlled them to resign. And I've heard from several different fairly sizable hospitals, people that work there, that say their ICU is considered 100% capacity right now, but it's actually at 50% of spatial capacity because they only have half the staff because the hospital has pushed out people who said no. This doesn't make any sense. I know this. Why won't the TV tell you this? I'm not giving you guys an episode today that's full of links to prove everything I said. I'm done for a while with it. I'm I'm tired of spoon-feeding people. I defy anybody to prove anything that I said today to be inaccurate. You want to go try to do it? You go try to do it. I'm telling you, none of this is that hard. None of it's that hard to find. All the information I'm giving you is based on facts and data. And this is where we are. And it is the if you are not horrified by this, if you're not like Edgar Allan Poe, do you feel that your sanity is horrible because you realize how bad it is? I'm I'm concerned for you. You're either going to go over to the other side, or you're not in touch with the reality of how bad this is. Because overall. It pretty much, you know, you can still order stuff from Amazon. It still comes to your door. Few things are out of supplies. Wood costs more, nails cost more, but overall life has pretty much gone on. But what kind of life? Again, I, I'm telling you, look it up if you doubt me. Tanks rolling through the streets in Australia to enforce martial law so that people don't talk to their neighbors. Are you kidding me? There's a literal manhunt on in Australia. For a man. He, they're they're looking for him. He is public enemy number one. Maybe not number one, but like top ten. Like you gotta find this guy. They've got video of him all over Australia. We're looking for him. If you see us, call the police immediately. I'm not making this shit up. What did this guy do? Did he murder a bunch of people? Nah. Some kind of twisted sick pedophile or something, kidnapper, you know, dog abuser, something? No. No. He sneezed. He sneezed? Without a mask on and without covering his face, did he sneeze on somebody? No, he went into a, a an elevator. The doors closed, and he had. It looks like one of them sneezes just kind of comes up on you, and you sneeze. And he didn't. He didn't cover his nose when he sneezed. They have a manhunt for this guy. They want to put him in jail for sneezing. Now I'm not. Again, if you think I'm making this up, I'm not. The people that have listened to this show for 13 years now know I don't do that. I don't make this stuff up. If I tell you something and you go look for the data, you will find that I am giving you factual information. I've always made that commitment. I've been honest about this from the beginning. I've been level-headed about this from the beginning. I told you this really wasn't a new thing, that we had had viruses like this before, and now we know we have. We know we have. I told you there were treatments for it and that most people really didn't have to worry about it, and that's true. And anybody looking, you cannot tell me that most people don't really have to worry about the virus itself when you have greater than a 99% survival rate. That is the very definition of most people. You, you can't tell me that these ICUs are at capacity due to spatial limitations. It's not true. It's not true, and if you go do the most basic research, you'll find it. You can't tell me that when you see a number for how many people died yesterday in Texas, that most of those dates are not actually people from the past, and some of them are more than a year old, and they're listing them as newly reported fatalities. Because it's there, and you can go look at it for yourself. And you can't tell me that a significant portion of this population is willing to let the government do anything that it, it, that it says it needs to do, because it's going to protect them, from this disease that they don't need protecting from. Because you can just look at the COVID Karens of the world and see it. And what I want you to do, what I want you to do for yourself as a prepper, is not just make sure you keep upping your preps. I want you to realize that we could lose here. We could lose here. I'm going to end with why I don't think we will. But we could lose here. They could do everything they plan to do and largely get away with it, and most people probably will accept it. And if you don't accept the fact that that could happen, you can't be prepared for it if it does. Because we may have to stand alone together, if that makes sense. Mutual aid groups, etc., may become incredibly important. More important than you can imagine. If they can roll tanks down the street in Australia, they can do it here. Like I said a couple weeks ago when I was talking about this, if somebody had said to you, if you were stuck somewhere in the world, you were in Iran or Saudi Arabia or something like that, give me a list of five countries, and we can't, can't guarantee which one, but one of those five will relocate you to, and you can build a life there. You know you'd say United States, despite all our problems. But up until this shit started... Every damn morning, you would have put Australia on the on the list. Admit it, you would have. <laughs> you would have probably been Australia, the United States, Canada, and since the EU exists, maybe Europe. You know, maybe Sweden. I don't know, but Australia, New Zealand, the United States, and Canada would have all been places that you would have said, "I've hit the lottery if I can get out of you know Nigeria and end up in one of those four. And now one of those four has tanks rolling down the street. And another one has a health official with power literally telling adults to their face, stay in your bubble. And if you think that can happen there but not here, you are wrong. Even in places like Florida and Texas. But on that note, let's shift to why I don't think we'll lose. First of all, I think it's very hard, as I said earlier, for them to win when you have more than a third of people that will never do this that 's one reason because that is an, a, a huge segment of of society, and many of them are quite wealthy people right we 're not all a bunch of poor redneck uh, high school dropout trump supporting hicks. In fact, a recent study showed that the people who are the demographic with the highest resistance to vaccine with the most vaccine hesitancy were people with MDs and PhDs and above, advanced degrees. And it was interesting, too, to me on this one, just a little aside here before we get into why I think we will win this in the end. The the second highest was high school graduates. The people who most complied with vaccines were people that went to college but didn't have advanced degrees. You know what I call a huge, not all of you, because I know some of you have a regular, like a bachelor's or whatever. But what I call a huge portion of that population, educated idiots. We have something in the neighborhood of 70% of people in this country go to college. 70%. Have you met 70% of the population? Do you think 70% of the population is legitimately intelligent enough to effectively do real university-level work? Because I don't. But yet, there they are. 70% of them with a piece of paper says I is smart. And that demographic is the most compliant. And do you know why? They're the most programmed. They've been in the system for the longest period of time before being pushed to another level. Before being pushed to another level. You know, and I bet you if you just went with people who had extremely challenging degrees, maybe not PhDs, that you'd find their numbers looked more like the PhD people, too. One of Michael Saylor's videos, he talks about how when he went to MIT, which they don't just let anybody in there, he sat down the first day of class, in this one class, and the teacher had one of the tiles from the space shuttle and said, we need to figure out why this tile failed, why the space shuttle blew up on reentry and all those people died. You need to figure out why and put the tile down in front of everybody. And he said at that moment he realized there wasn't a single person in that room, including the teacher, that had an answer. They were being asked to figure something out that the best people at NASA had yet to figure out. I'm going to tell you, people like that, and usually when you get up to that Ph.D. level and all, you have to become that person even if you didn't start out at that person. Those people are saying no to the vaccine more than people who just have a high school diploma. Now, the people that just have a high school diploma, you know what? Those are people that went out and figured out how to make something out of their lives without a piece of paper. It's people in the middle. That are the most compliant. It doesn't surprise me at all. Now, as to why I think we won't lose, I, again, I think we have to be, we have to realize that everything could fail in this. We could end up in the most dystopian society you could have ever believed possible, and it could all be from this. And if we don't accept that, I don't think we'll win because I don't think we'll fight hard enough. But here's some reasons I think we'll win. Even though I said, yeah, it could happen in Florida, Texas, et cetera, um, because Florida, Texas, et cetera. There's a lot of people in this country now going, wait, 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 wait a minute. I know you said Texas is awful and all, but then I, I have friends there, and they told me you're lying. And I went down and visited, and we went out and had drinks at a bar, and everybody was fine. And it doesn't look anything like your TV says. There's not, there's not a whole bunch of refrigerator trucks backing up for dead bodies at the hospital. And then I was a little concerned by that, so I looked at the death numbers and they're much lower than they were back in the winter, so you're lying and so the very success of these states that said we're not doing your shit and i I think a lot of y'all don't understand what Texas is like right now and I don't just mean that it's not that bad. I mean how free it is with the exception that in some places employees are being forced to wear a mask. Texas is no different than it was in 2018 from if you want to go do something with your life, you can. If you want to go to a concert, you go to a concert. My wife and I are going to go see Aaron Lewis next month. We're real excited about it. We're not going to wear a mask. If you want to go to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant. If you want to go do something, you go do it. If you want to go to an outside event, you go to an outside event. If you want to go shopping at a store, you go to a store. You do whatever you want. And Florida's pretty much the same. Most of our schools do not have kids wearing masks, and the, the the school boards just lost in the Texas Supreme Court on that fight, on that battle. And so the governor's order that says you cannot mandate masking in children in our schools now stands as the law of the state. I believe DeSantis has had a similar victory in, in, in Florida. There's still interference by the federal government saying, you know, we'll cover your sanctions or whatever and, and pay your bills for you out of the COVID relief money that we stole. But, I mean, overall, it's a victory. Right now, they're showing that there's a, a second wave, third wave in Texas and Florida and, and other southern states. But they're ignoring the reality. The other reason is that I think that these states are becoming stronger in this position the longer this goes. Even the people that were afraid in the beginning are going, wait a minute, all these horrible things they said would happen aren't happening. You can look around and see that you're being lied about. So even kind of your center left, et cetera, has kind of started to say, I don't, I don't think we're doing this anymore. It's over here. It's done. Additionally, I think there, we're becoming stronger in that position politically speaking from people moving here from around the country. If you are afraid of COVID and you think that lockdowns and vaccine passports are a good idea, and you think if we don't do that you are going to die, guess where you're not moving right now. You're not moving to Texas and Florida. Over the last decade, both states have already been bringing in the average person that moves to them is more conservative than the native population that lives there by about two to one. I don't know the recent numbers, but it's got to be even higher. So I think you're having these, these places that have taken a stand become more and more powerful in taking that stand. And then they become windows into reality. Because what's about to happen... Just like I said at the beginning, just all you have to do is look at the numbers in the state of Texas. It's Delta. It's really contagious. It's not that deadly. It goes really fast. The curve is wrap it up and wrap it down. And why? You know, Texas and Florida. Texas, and Florida, They're ignoring all the other states. that have the same kind of thing going on that are not really as public about what they're doing. Or maybe they're not even as free as, as, as Texas and Florida are. But it's happening, too, all through kind of the Sun Belt. And do you know why? This is not hard to figure out. This is a COVID season for us because we don't go outside as much because it is hot as hell here. So people stay inside more. They do more indoor activities. So there's a higher level of spread because it doesn't spread for shit outdoors. Same reason that you have cold and flu season in the winter in the northern states because it's cold. So people go inside vitamin d levels yes but it's just the fact that the diseases that are respiratory in nature spread more rapidly when people spend more time indoors around other people that's it so you're about to watch this thing fall through the floor down here and rage in the northeast and the midwest it's about to happen it's going to blow up narratives it's exactly what's going to happen. and it's going this here when it happens remember i told you it would happen not so i can say nan 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 i was right Remember it so you can say, this freaking podcasting, duck farming hick told me this was going to happen and the TV said he was wrong and they were wrong again. And then maybe you'll stop listening to them. The number one thing we can do to stop this problem, turn the damn TV off. Stop going to any websites that are mainstream websites. Stop looking at it. And it doesn't mean all the alternatives aren't telling the truth, but just there's nothing to be gained anymore from the mainstream media. There's nothing. Stop it. You're going to watch something on TV, watch a sitcom or some shit, an old one before all this shit happened. So I think that we're having that strength. I also think, as I said, when you have 30 40% of a population that will not do this, and I believe the number is that high, then I think you get to a point where you can't do it. The next thing that I think helps us is, and I hate that it's true, but how bad the vaccine is. And I don't mean just the fact that people get... Side effects, some people have died from it, some people get really sick from it, horrible things have happened, because it has. It's still a relatively low incidence of immediate effects that we can see. We don't know what the long-term effects are. What I mean on how bad the vaccine is, is it doesn't work. They're talking about, well, you know, it it, it starts to wane, maybe we need a third booster shot or whatever. But the reality is, I don't care if you had your vaccine yesterday, I don't care if you had your vaccine four weeks ago, I don't care if you had your vaccine seven months ago, it's not working. It's not working. We have plenty of people, two vaccination shots, within the window in the hospital sick because they were the kind of people that if they got COVID, they were going to be in the hospital sick. I'm not even saying it doesn't help at all. It may. It looks to me like the when you look at the base numbers, it looks like it may help some, possibly. Maybe. I'm not getting it. That's not an advocacy for it. I'm just being honest about it. But I think when you start seeing people you know who are vaccinated go to the hospital for covid and you realize we have treatments and you even have expensive treatments that we don't need but they do work like monoclonal antibodies right that works so when you start realizing there are options there's ways we can do it and then i think the other thing is we need to be educating people to like the reality of how stupid this is I don't think the average person knows if you have COVID and you are dehydrated and you need fluids and you go to the hospital, they'll tell you they can't give you fluids because that's not a treatment for COVID. It's true. I verified it with multiple people in multiple different places. The, The truth is on our side. You're always better off with the truth on your side than not having the truth on your side. The next thing is I think people are beginning to fight back in a meaningful way. Because I think the best way to fight back at this point, we can stop having the science arguments. We have the Scientards, is what I think that we should start calling them. The Scientards, they believe anything that the TV says is science is science. They don't understand how science works. They don't understand that science is not a community. Science is not an authority. Science is not an institution. Science is a process, and if it is not a process, it is not science. Period. And they're not going to understand that. They need to be start to- being told to go the fuck to hell. And I know some of y'all don't like that word. I'm sorry. That's what they need to be told. Go the fuck to hell. We're not doing it anymore. And parents are starting to do it. I just saw this lady uh, in a video in Southern California at a school board meeting. And this woman was fire. I have a, It's the only link I have relevant to the show topic today, other than the sponsors and stuff that's always there. Right? Because like I said, I'm not doing your homework for you anymore. Not this week, anyway. I'm tired. But this woman reads these people the Riot Act, and she doesn't say, we're asking you to change policy on masks on our children. She said, we are taking the masks off our children today. You will not put masks on our children again. We're done. We're not asking you anything. We're telling you. And this woman is fired. She ends by saying, and you know what? I know when each one of you are up for re-election, and I'd love to run against you or support anybody that does, and I'm going to make sure that not a single one of you serve another second past that date in public service in this town, we're done. And the fact that that's beginning to happen, that gives me hope. And the fact that we have bases to operate from, we have places where it just, like I said, I, I know a lot of you don't really get what I mean when I say Texas. There is no pandemic. There's no pandemic in Texas. There's people that get sick. There's no pandemic, because the pandemic is not about people getting sick. When we say the pandemic at this point, we mean people being forced to wear masks. We mean people being forced to get vaccinations. We mean people's movement and their habits being controlled by government authorities. That's the pandemic at this point. The pandemic is not an illness. It's a government response to a disease that just isn't bad enough to warrant anything close to this response. And if you or someone you loved got really sick with this, I feel for you. If you or someone, if you, if someone you love died from it, I understand that it hurts, but people die from things. People die from things. There's over 600,000 people a year in this country that die of direct complications of obesity. And last year, a whole shitload of the number of people they put in that COVID number, they died from complications of obesity aggravated by COVID, not caused by COVID. If you're already getting dialysis, you're in trouble. Okay? To be blunt. If you weigh 450 pounds, you've got a problem with any respiratory illness that you get. And we should not shut down society to protect people that are probably going to end up dead within a few months anyway. And not all of them, but some of them. And then we've ignored, like I said, I've said this before, but would you, somebody will say, well, look, here's, here's a list of people. These guys were all in their 40s. They were healthy. Well, what do you mean they were healthy? Well, they weren't severely obese. Okay. They didn't have any, you know, there was no comorbidities. Great. What were, what were their vitamin D levels? What were their selenium levels? Oh, you don't know. Do we know? Does anybody know? No, we don't know. So no one's even bought. What was their vitamin C levels? What was their blood pressure? Like, we haven't bothered to do nutritional blood profiles on people who are the exception to the rule to figure out what's the pattern. You know why? We don't want an answer to it. And people are figuring that out. That gives me hope that we're not going to lose this thing. What I think is happening right now is the whole narrative is crumbling. And it's becoming abundantly transparent to anybody who's even possibly ever going to see it, what's happening. When you have Japan saying, yeah, ivermectin works, and we're going to start using it. Officially stating that. I'm telling you, the guy that came out, doesn't have the same job, but it would be equivalent in our country if Anthony Fauci came out and said, "It it turns out that ivermectin kills the virus, even the one in your nasal pharynx, and we should be using it. It's that big of a deal, and you haven't heard about it. Well, that's becoming abundantly transparent. Now, how many countries do you think actually want to solve this problem? They're going to go, wait a minute, Japan. Japan. Not Djibouti, Japan. Maybe we should look at that. We have have case studies in what happens when you don't do the bullshit. We have Sweden. We have Hungary. Texas, Florida, South Dakota. More and more states joining in on this all the time here in the United States. I think we can win. But I think it has to start with a couple things. One, that woman I mentioned that read the Riot Act of the school board. If your kids are in school, you need to be her. You need to be no less than her. That needs to be you. You need to be that mama or papa bear. You need to be telling these people, no, you won't do this. I'm not asking you anymore. Go watch it for some inspiration. Or you need to pull your children out of the schools. Take your pick. Get active or get out. Anything else, you're helping them. You're helping the enemy. And it needs to be, it's not just COVID and masks. It's all this shit. No, you will not be teaching my child that she is an oppressor at six years of age because she is white. You're not going to do that. I'm not going to let you. If I have to come sit in the back of the classroom and point out your lies, I'm going to do it. And if I have to bring 38 other parents with me so that you can't just throw me in jail, then I'm going to do that too. Or I'm going to take my child away from you. It has to be one or the other. And you don't have to say nothing if you're taking them away. Just do it. Just withdraw. That's all you got to do. But you better be one or the other, or you're feeding this machine that's hell-bent on destroying our country. What do we have going for us? We're the most badass sons of bitches on the planet. We really are. In totality. We have so much diversity here. Real diversity. The diversity that matters. The diversity of talent. In spite of the fact that about half the country are, are educated idiots. The other half of this country is badass. You're a badass. I know you are. Not just because you listen to me, but because you're listening to anything counter to the narrative. You have to be a badass to stand. When everybody around you is kneeling, you have to be a badass to stand. Here's the other thing. When everybody that's going to kneel, kneels. It's going to be real easy to see the people that have chosen to freaking stand up. It's going to be real easy for us to identify each other, to work with each other, to push back. And if we have to withdraw to a specific area of the country where sanity reigns, and if we have to defend that, then so be it. Draw the damn line in the sand People, I see people talking these these idealistic quotes. I'd rather have to have this battle now so that my children don't have to have it. If your children are alive, they're in the middle of it. You need to have this battle now so that your great-grandchildren don't have to fight it or try to earn their freedom that's already been taken away under your watch. It's time to push back. I hate being political at all, but it is time to start taking over these political bodies with people with some damn common sense. You know what we should do? Anywhere there's a school board doing any of this stupid shit, and I mean all of it, not only should people go out and run as Republicans, you should go out and run, if you have Democrat incumbents, challenge the incumbents as Democrat. Run on both sides of the ticket. Run on both sides of the ticket. People are pissed. There's enough people who are pissed that it's very conceivable that you could have two pro-Liberty people, one running Democrat one running Republican, for the same seat. You win no matter who wins. Maybe you'd prefer it one way a little over the other, but either way, you're not going to be masking children and teaching critical race theory and all this other nonsense. That needs to happen, and that's one place. Like, I've always said about politics, as much as I hate it, the place you can have the maximum impact the more local you are for removing the restrictions that that body put in place. In some ways, smaller bodies of government are worse because all they can do is add more laws. But anything they add, they can take away. You need a clean house. And I think it's going to happen. Don't lose sight of the fact that this could all end way worse than you can imagine. That we could end up with U.S. military tanks rolling down streets in the United States to su- to, to to support martial law. And if it's not that, you know what? It'll be freaking M.Raps and Bearcats with freaking state police. It doesn't matter which armored vehicles driving over your face. It matters that a you know motor vehicle armored vehicle's driving over your face. Don't think it can't happen. Because when you think it can't happen, that's when it happens. Sorry there wasn't more direct solutions than today, but this is what's up. This is what's now called for. Stand. do not. If you are being threatened with your job because of a vaccine that you are not going to take, I repeat, do not, do not, do not resign. Make them terminate you and then sue them. Make them terminate you and then sue them. And if you can't get a lawyer to take your case, sue them on your own. Represent yourself. Sue them. Learn to file the paperwork. You need a new skill to develop while you're laid off anyway looking for another job. Sue them. Every employee that gets gets pushed out, get together. Pool your resources. Sue them individually and collectively. Let them know they're going to be sued before they do it. When they tell you that, that, that you will be terminated if you don't get the vaccine, hand them a letter that says you acknowledge that you are terminating me because of my refusal to get a vaccine that I do not consent to. That otherwise I'm an employee in good standing. Here it is. Sign it right now in front of me and I'll walk out the door. I'm not resigning. If you go to a school board meeting, stop asking them. Stop pitching them statistics. They don't care. Tell them you're done. You either fix this or my kid comes out of your school. We're not letting you do the same. If there's a recall procedure in place where you can recall school board members and they're doing this shit, recall them now. Not tomorrow. Now. Start the process now. Start removing these people everywhere. We are not really the minority you think we are. Because like I said, we're 30-40% of the demographic that will not comply. But not everybody that does comply thinks what's happening is okay. You take 40% plus 11%, all of a sudden you're the majority. And there are plenty of people that complied not because they believed, but because they felt they had no choice. They weren't willing to give up their career, what have you. There are plenty of them who are actually us too. There are plenty of them that believed in it early on, but know the truth now. There are plenty of people that got the vaccine and got COVID and went, this doesn't work, you can't keep telling me it does. But this is the truth, this is the God-honest truth, I'm going longer than I want to, but this is the God-honest truth, folks. Now or never, we're running out of time. We are running out of time. It is time to push back in every way conceivable, and I'm telling you, no more. Not one more inch. Not one more millimeter. And if you live in a place where your life is literally being destroyed, come here. Come to Texas. Go to Florida. Go to South Dakota. Do your research. Find a new place. Go. Leave. Screw them. Take your money, your time, and your talent, and your children, and your family, and leave. Leave. That is the greatest thing we can do for our liberty right now is leave the places that are most oppressive and go to the places that are least oppressive. It's called walking to freedom I came up with long before COVID. It is the one vote that actually matters in this republic. It is, I would say it's not the only vote that matters. It's the one that matters the most. When you take your property tax, your state income tax, your contributions to the economy of the city or the state of New York, and you say, shove it up your ass, I'm done, you don't get my kids, you don't get my money, you don't get anything anymore, I'm out of here, that actually hurts. The other vote you have that is extremely powerful is, do your kids even go to public school? There is a way, I promise you, there is a way. Take your child away from them, because even if you get what you want in that school, your child is a dollar sign to these people. People, your child is a dollar sign to the school. Your child, one more time, just so you get it, because this is 100% accurate. They are a dollar sign to the administrators that run your school with the high-paid salaries that tell you the teachers are unpa- underpaid, but they're knocking down $150,000 a year as a superintendent or more. The superintendent of Dallas Public Schools makes something like four hundred grand a year, but he cries for the teacher that just started doesn't make that much money. My ass. Bullshit. Take the money away. Take their ability to program your child away. Leave these places now. Get out. Get out. Get out. And if you're going to stay, you better fight. And you know what you better fight like? You are the third monkey, and you're trying to get on Noah's Ark, and it's starting to rain fight like that. That's the only chance you've got. With that, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Let me remind you guys. If you like this show and the work that we do, you can do your online shopping. Where? Tspaz.com. T-S-P-A-Z, Tspaz.com. No matter what you buy, you help support us and the work that we do by shopping there first. Today's item of the day is one I hadn't brought around for a while, but it hadn't, gone on vaca- or it hadn't gone on sale for a while, and it's on sale today. It's made by a company called Cable Matters. It is a multi-outlet surge protector, but it's about as big as like a quad wall plate. And the way it works, all you do is where you have an electrical outlet, a standard 110 wall plate outlet, you just take this thing and plug it in. That's it. And then instead of having two places you can plug electric cords in, you have six, plus you have two USB uh, power ports as well. So you can charge devices, phones, etc. And normally this thing's like 20 bucks. And you can buy things like this for less. Most of them are crap. I've tried them. This one is awesome, and it's worth the 20 bucks instead of like 12 But today it's on sale for twelve ninety nine. So you get the best quality one for the price of the cheap one, and you get the quality and the price-to-value ratio that I'm always looking for. And I'll tell you, if there's any negative about this, up at the top there's a little light, like an LED light, that glows. And that light says that the surge protection of the device is actually working. That's what that lets you know. It, you are protected. The, the only negative comments of reviews, the people that can actually put three sentences together on Amazon, are that that light is bright enough that it's annoying like in a bedroom. It kind of works like a little nightlight. You can't see the whole room, but you can see well enough not to stub your toe. Now, there's two things you can do. One, don't put it someplace where that's going to be a problem. Put it someplace where it's going to be a solution like a hallway or something or like the living room or what have you, right, like places that you would need to see when it's dark. I've got one in my kitchen, and when I get up in the middle of the night, if I go out to the kitchen for a drink or something, I can see good enough to get into the kitchen with it. Or you could just, you know, paint or marker over it throw some tape on it or something if you were really bothered by it but i think most of you will see it as an advantage and again it's made by cable matters and if you give this thing a shot you'll probably end up every place it makes sense to put one you'll have one because it's just so much utility for so little money and remember no matter what you buy if you start your shopping at tspaz.com you help us out next up CAC is under Activation Alert. Who is CAC? If you've not heard them before, Citizens Assisting Citizens. This is a 501c3 organization that I helped to found all the way back when we had Superstorm Sandy. I came up with the idea of this. I watched supposed rescue operations. They couldn't find their own hand with their own ass, their own ass with their own hands. And I'm like, something has to be done. And what we need is one something like this happens, we need a, a, a limber organization. We don't need another shelter. We need somebody that like can find out what are we short on. And specifically, this was designed for hurricanes and storms. Because that's where you usually have a bad place and not far away a good place. And you can get resources and stuff and bring it in. And so if we know what's needed, we can bring what's needed to where it's needed. Crazy that. That's what CAC does. And Ida has just wrecked Southern Louisiana. Fortunately, the levy's held, but there's a lot of people that need a lot of help now. And they're in activation mode, and that means they're figuring out where to deploy, how to deploy, it, who to help in what way. So they're looking for donations, they're looking for volunteers. And I have a, a, a message out about that today where you can learn more. Um, but if you go to C-A-C-team.com, cacteam.com, you can find out everything you need to know there as well. Um, including if you are willing to deploy and volunteer. And they need people to volunteer sometimes, not necessarily to deploy, to do logistics and connections and communications and things like that as well that you can do without physically deploying as well. And, uh, again, they already have $7,300 allocated. I threw them some money today. I founded this thing, but I knew I couldn't run it. And I put together a team to build it, and I got the hell out the way. I still support them with my money, my time, with promotion, and I give them any advice they ask for. But I do it's not mine. I don't run it. I founded it and got out of the way and let good quality people that can run something like this do it. And they're doing a great job. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to donate money to help with hurricanes, and you want the money you donate to actually help people who were affected by the hurricane, instead of paying for the fuel for the CEO's jet, Red Cross, then this is an organization you can trust with your money. Anyway, with that, let's go ahead and wrap things up with our song of the day today. Like I said, kind of the theme of the day today was insanity. I I identify at least with the second half of Edgar Allan Poe's quote, I became insane with long intervals of horrible sanity. I feel like that's exactly what I'm dealing with right now. A long interval of horrible sanity as I watch the lunatics run around me uh, and just behave like lunatics. So the song of the day that I came up, Some of you just probably guessed it. Brain damage by Pink Floyd. And boy, I'll tell you what. I think we have an epidemic, a true epidemic, a pandemic globally of brain damage in the world today. But it's not brain damage from a car accident or brain damage from a... Well, there's that too, chemicals and all. But really the brain damage has been caused through psychological trauma through the media. And it's resulted in a hell of a lot of lunatics in the grass. With that, it's been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. The lunatic is on the grass. The lunatic is on the grass. Remembering games. Daisy chains and locks got to keep the looties on the path. The lunatic is in the hole, the lunatics are in my hole. The paper holds their folded. Paperboy boy brings more. Indeed. thank you A little thanks to you also to our old friend Roger who are those words that I get the privilege of singing Thank you very much indeed, good night to you